It's the Attack of the Clones. No, not the Star Wars prequel. This one was a sequel. Wordle Clone Quirtle, a quad Wordle, four boards at once version, was purchased by Merriam-Webster. This is the second Wordle-like purchased, and it is not known when someone will purchase Duo Trigordle. This intro is full of words that couldn't be played in a typical Wordle or Wordle-like game. And now it's time for your hosts, Rob Roberts, Jamie Summers, and Loki, to tell you more about five-letter games and the rest of the week's gaming news. Starting right now on the show, where every gamer has a voice. Hello, my friends out there on the internet, and welcome back to another week of the show where every gamer has a voice. It is Orange Lounge Radio, and we're live once again, episode number 945 of our show for tonight, January 22nd of 2023. My name is Rob Roberts. I'm joined here live on this Sunday evening, as I am most often with my co-hosts. Say hello to Dark Sakura or Jamie Summers up bitches hi how are you doing i'm okay i'm tired yeah. i stayed up until uh five in the morning playing dead by daylight <laughs> with people were you streaming the Florida? whole time no oh no so this no is awesome. i raven uh, i did i i started in, i'll get to in classic game but i did my my retro stream and then decided to go play dbd with uh raven mcpherson shayla and vamp bunny mm-hmm. and um and I ate whiskey-filled chocolate the entire time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was very stupid by the end of it. That's the only thing I can say for myself. I, I, We were having giggle fits at the end. Um, but the best games of Dead by Daylight you played this week were with me uh, earlier yeah. this week, even though I completely got you killed in one match because I thought four of the people would work on a... <laughs> And I still am sorry about my reaction. I just was so yeah, flabbergasted. Very upset. <laughs> I was so flabbergasted by that. I'm like, no, don't touch me. Stop. <laughs> yeah, what, and your 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 mic. And I was saying, but your mic does this noise gate thing where I think sometimes when you're like, no, no, like it it actually doesn't come through. So I'm like, what's going on? I see the icon sometimes. Sometimes I don't because I think I was trying to give it to the wrong person. So anyway, it was mm-hmm. just it was just a, com- a comedy of errors at that point. I, so I I actually think that you might have used it on Gwen. I might have, <laughs> but that was just like. And I like I had to step away for a moment to get myself to chill out a little. Um, I, I and it's fine. I mean, in retrospect, it was pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I'll get more into to my Dead by Daylight shenanigans because I'm already gold one. All right. Well, speaking of comedy of errors, also say hello to Techmaster Loki. See, the mic's not mu- uh, muted. <laughs> I keep pushing the button, and it's like it's like <laughs> yes, no. Yes, no, yes. I, I did not install the switch so you could have a microphone rave. <laughs> anyway. Pretty uh, much. Well, it already blinks when you, when you have it on mute, so, you know. Uh, every week, of course, we tape our show live. Sunday nights at the Voice of Geeks Network, twitch.tv slash VOG Network. Sunday nights at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific, right after the Bobby Blackwell show. Let's be real. We don't start till about 6.10 or so because we give Bob we give Bobby his space. <laughs> to finish the show uh but if you watch us live you get to see uh the visuals you get to see us things in our spaces that we do the show from and loki oftentimes will have a game playing behind him and tonight i noticed loki has got is that is noby noby boy tonight right it is noby noby boy oh, yes a little bit of a flashback now i guess that game is older than i think it is huh a little bit of a flashback it's the computer one only the phone yeah um noby noby boy of course from the creator of katamari Demo- 
Kamashi uh, in between the whole I'm going to go build kids playground stuff, right? But it, it the art style and the look of the game is very similar to uh, Kaidomari Damashi, obviously, in that it's it's a little wild, but cute. It's, yeah, it's interesting. What uh, what brought um, Nobi Nobi Boy to mind this week? You're, you're going to laugh because this is... This is it, it's really mundane. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's <laughs> put away laundry and I have a Nobi Nobi Boy shirt. Actually, I have multiple <laughs> Nobi Nobi Boy shirts. So I just saw that. I was like, oh, yeah, hey, I can do that. No, that's, uh, I think of the Golden Girls often for a similar reason. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, let's get into our kickoff topic for tonight and uh, get into the stories tonight. First off, I do want to acknowledge, though, as we are taping live tonight, um, what an amazing hype train going on in the chat right now. That's incredible. Um, it just I just saw an alert that said we're about to break our record. And I think with those five gift subs Mike Def just dropped, we just might have broken our record for a uh, hype train. I don't know how long it's been tracking those trains for, but you know what? That's that's Maybe incredible. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. So, But you know what? Thank you. No, seriously, um, that's incredibly generous of all of you. Uh, huge motivation to uh, be here on Sunday nights and keep doing this for all of you. Although, honestly, I like hanging out with my friends, Matt and Jamie. And this has been a pretty good excuse to do that for the last 21 years. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, let's get into it. We, what, what do we do here? We talk about what's going on in the gaming world and gaming news and all of that. So let's get into... Our kickoff topic tonight, which I wish we had better news tonight. Unfortunately, um, this is just probably a symptom of what's going on in the world, period, right? So let me start with actually Dark Sakura tonight uh, with our kickoff topic tonight on what's going on in the industry. Shenanigans and bullshit. Um, it's, it's, commu- it's consumerism. It's it's capitalism at work. So um, the... Uh, the tech industry is experiencing a crap load of layoffs. They are uh, at Microsoft. They're announcing the announced Wednesday plans to cut 10,000 jobs, uh, including three, four, three industries, the coalition um, and uh, Bethesda uh, league of legends, uh, uh, sorry, riot games who does league of legends um, has cut more than 40 jobs. Um, Microsoft, uh, I mean, now keep in mind that Microsoft's layoffs are less than 5% of its total workforce, but still, I mean, this is, this is pretty, that's a lot of people who are going to be out of work. Um, and then, um, Google, um, is cutting, uh, 12,000 jobs, um, their CEO, Sundar Pichai, um, told employees that they were hired for a different economic reality than the one we face today, end quote. And of course, this is coming right after the shutdown of Stadia. Fuck. Anyway. R.I.P. Stadia. Um, Unity um, is eliminating 284 jobs. Um, they're closing a sports and live entertainment department to end a project that would let viewers watch sports matches from different angles. Um, there, I mean, there's Riot Games is laying off 46 people. Um, it's there. The analysts are saying there's going to be even more that they're trying to preserve their profitability in the face of an oncoming recession. But I mean, 
would it make sense to remove people's sources of income that they could be putting back into the economy? Well, we can't pay these employees if we want our Sting concerts, you know? It's either Sting or employees, and I just like Sting better. No, they want to... The CEO... I want to see the CEOs take their pay cut to retain employees. That's what I want to see. Do you remember when the Wii U had its flop era, which was pretty much the whole time it was released? Sorry. I know some of the games were great, but let's be real. The Wii U, for all intents and purposes, was a flop. Do you remember when Miyamoto took personal responsibility and said, I am cutting my salary this year. Miyamoto, that was Iwata. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Horrible mistake to make. But it was Iwata that, that uh, yes, said, I'm going to cut my salary on this whole thing um, because of the poor performance of the Wii U, right? And that's why... That was an amazing move. That's why he's respected. Even yeah. emeritus. Anyhow. Sorry, I just wanted to add that. It's it's absolutely disgusting that people are are more worried about their own pockets than the longevity of their company and the well-being of their employees that they could just let them go like that. It's mm-hmm. absolutely disgusting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's really telling that the senior level executives don't bear the brunt in a similar proportion, you know, when these sorts of things happen. That's um, the real kind of disgusting, disgusting of what should ought to be, frankly, illegal part of this. But, you know, what do I know? Um, but yeah, but I, I guess let me ask this question, too. Well, let me actually I'll, let me go to Loki and see if there's anything you wanted to add on this, because I know you've been following the story, too, Loki. Well, I remember seeing some stuff where they were cutting departments dedicated to, what was it, the uh, mixed reality stuff and uh, the HoloLens. So I guess that's uh, development we're not going to see for a while. And then um, just like just different game teams as well, like 343 Industries, which it's understandable because Halo Infinite was kind of rocky. Well, but then there were those Um, weird rumors about they're not going to do Halo anymore, to which they actually came out on their actual Twitter and said, we look forward to doing Halo for a long time. That doesn't mean they won't partner with others or that sort of they can oversee Halo without doing it themselves. But, you know, any way you slice it, unfortunately, a lot of people that worked on Halo Infinite are not employed as of this week, which stinks. Yeah, it's I don't know if it's like because they're trying to grow too fast or something like that, because, I mean, the you know, Microsoft's been doing a lot of acquisitions of different companies. And I'm sure Google does the same stuff. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't understand how CEOs operate. Um, some comments from chat. Uh, SJ 100 Matt says these companies knew they were going to do this months ago, but they waited until after the holidays to do it. Like that is well, supposed to hurt any less. I mean, that <laughs> at least it was something. Worse. I mean, yeah, it could be worse. He, they could do what the guy at Twitter did and do it, you know, two weeks before the holidays. But anyway, um, whatever. It's not these people who got laid off's fault that these companies grew too quickly and they didn't forecast or support the the people that they rushed to hire. That is a theme that you see a lot throughout the industry. But again, whose fault is that at the end of the day? It's typically leadership. It's leadership, for sure. This is a bummer. 
So what happens now? I mean, luckily, one nice thing about the gaming industry is that I've noticed that the game developers and so forth, they really look out for each other. That's why also, you know, your reputation is very important. This is also why you never you never see game developers talking shit about each other on Twitter or any type of social media. You sure do see the players talking shit about them. And, and, but, well, and that's why a lot of players don't end up getting into the industry, all tea, all shade. Is that because when you build out that reputation for yourself or a lot of journalists and podcasters, and yes, I completely am self-attacking. We A lot of the reasons people like us don't get into the industry is because our reputation ends up getting ruined because of the stuff we say on you know social media and things like that. This is a very small industry and bridges can burn quickly. That being said, though, I, I don't want to focus on the negative because for the most part, people know how to act and uh, a lot of the gaming industry really does look out for each other. And I think oftentimes when we see large gaming studio gets too large and gets bought, a, then a spinoff studio ends up opening up inevitably and will start to hire and so forth. So, so at least the gaming industry is really good about looking out for its people. It's just very disruptive, obviously, because sometimes that means it's going to be relocation. Although, you know, in the in this, you know, pandemic y, I, I don't want to say post pandemic because pandemic's not over, but it's in this people feel over it pandemic uh, world that we're in now, you know, more people work from home. So do you need to necessarily be relocating? I don't know. I guess that depends on the company I'm, you're signing up for. I'm going to say something about management in general. Yeah. That no matter where the management starts off in the company, mm -hmm. eventually they forget. Mm. They forget. They become corporate. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just something that happens. I have seen it happen to the nicest people. It changes who they are because then the only thing that they are looking at is base numbers, big picture, high level things. And forgetting what really makes the company work is people. What reality yeah. is like. Yeah. Um, looking at some other comments in chat, DJ Rama S says a lot of them got severance pay. It's something at least. To be fair, Rama, yes, I don't disagree, but a lot of that's mandated. Are also retired, required to. Yeah, a lot of that is mandated because, like, for example, um, I think in Europe, I may be wrong, and if I'm talking out of my ass, I apologize. I believe in Europe, it's you have to give 90 days notice that you're going to terminate somebody's position for a company of a certain size. The way companies get around that, they pay 90 days of severance because that way they're basically able to say, oh, we're laying you off today, but it's effective as this is this date and that's what you're getting paid for. So severance is how they kind of get around some of those laws sometimes. I, I realize some companies go above and beyond and that is awesome, but I I... I don't want to give the executives too much credit <laughs> is where I'm going. I know, with this. I, I know I hear legally severance begins after the last date worked. Mm -hmm. So, um, so something like that wouldn't fly. It's mm -hmm. like when you are no longer considered an employee of the company, that's when you start getting your severance payout. Yeah. Um, Bobby Blackwolf in chat says they've gotten really good at looking after each other. Talking about the folks in the industry, because this happens so often, they have lots of practice. We have a saying at my company that the best way to ruin a great developer is to make them management. 
Uh, Questbuster says corporations take advantage of feast or famine cycles with ruthless abandon. Expect them to gorge when things are on fire and watch them amputate what they don't need to stop the bleeding. But the weird, the weird, th- I mean, I don't disagree with what you're saying, Questbuster, but the weird thought that it leads me to is that here, I, I swear we were just sitting here two weeks ago. I mean, I can't believe we're at the end of January, but I, I feel like we were just sitting here doing our predictions two weeks ago and we were looking at, wow, what a big, wow. My, my, my inner Jennifer Coolidge just came out. Wow, <laughs> 2023 is going to be a year for the games. But I mean, really, it's, it's, there's so many big things coming out this year, right? There's, there's Zelda, right? There's Final Fantasy 16. There's a PSVR 2, if that's what you're into. There's potentially maybe a Switch rebrand or something. And you never know what else the Switch is going to be into. Like when we're looking at what is slated to come out this year. And yes, I understand things get pushed back on the calendar all the time. Yes, yes, yes. But overall, looking at 2023 as a year, it looks like it's going to be a big fucking year. Now, I because I already know some of you are thinking it, perhaps, okay, those games are all about to go gold, so we're going to lay off this t- the team. But I, I also feel like so many of those games, like, I, I'm sorry, Final Fantasy 16 not having DLC, especially looking after at looking at 15. Yeah, right. Zelda not having DLC. Like, I feel like games are playing the long game at this point. You You need teams to be around a while. So it's just... But then again, Square and Nintendo, the games I keep referencing, are not two of the companies uh, that we're talking about right now in regards to layoffs. So, I mean, maybe I'm just applying the wrong things to the situation, but I I still feel like it's a decent year ahead for Microsoft and Game Pass and all of that. It's just, it's just a little weird to me. I don't know. Uh, let's see, looking in chat at some other comments, uh, Dark Tetsuya says, hell yeah, Zelda, uh, clearing off my calendar for that one. Uh, let's see, ZenMonkey11 says, that was a great Jennifer Coolidge impression. Uh, thank you. You uh, know what? What? I was thinking Charlie the Unicorn instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Candy Mountain, Charlie. These gays, they're trying to murder me. Um, now I want to see her. Not- it's a magical Leah Pluridon. <laughs> now I want to see her as a Twitch streaming playing games. Actually, Zemmonk 11 on a completely unrelated note. I, lo- I love Jennifer Coolidge. And I look, anybody, like, like, I think any person, I was about to say any gay person, but any person, period, with taste is happy to see all the love that she's getting thanks to things like White Lotus and, you know, things that should have been happening when she was Stifler's mom, like a long time ago, right? And and just, and uh, legally, or yeah, legally blonde and all that, which she was, you know, playing all the hairdresser roles. My point with Jennifer Coolidge, she just started a TikTok. So she's she's inching closer to the streaming thing, but she has, oh, she has an official TikTok now. So anyway, um, let's see. Evil Protagonist says, Hopefully, Google started with the team that made Stadia. Here's the thing, evil protagonist. It's not the fault of many of this. Actually, those people made a good product. They did. It's Phil Harris. Phil Harrison's the one that needs to get laid off because his messaging sucked. You know, and, you know, I I just, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to take it out on the teams who oftentimes were just doing what they were told and oftentimes actually have a really good idea and it's just poorly fucking supported and marketed. Food for thought. Um, let's see. Um, other comments in chat. Um, Bobby Blackwolf says, um, 
but I'm glad that everyone is going to be celebrating the anniversary of my 29th birthday this year. I mean, they'll say they're crying for a kingdom. This is a play on the uh, Zelda game, but I know it's really my, really for my anniversary. Uh, SSJ 100 Matt says, speaking of White Lotus, I got to see Aubrey Plaza's SNL performance last night. I heard it was good. I don't know if Shad Leland's still in chat, but he could tell you all about it. And we're derailing, but I don't care. I will say, so, so you could watch like all of Saturday Night Live before it even airs on the West Coast because they put it all on YouTube. So before it even aired here, I was looking up the Megan 2.0 sketch they did last night. And that was really funny. Like it could have been funnier, but some of the jokes that they did, like um, they were, they, uh, she, she's it yet. Don't spoil it. Okay. No, I'm not that they, they, they say, stop singing this song and as play, play something, play something the gays can get into or something like that. And they start playing the theme from white Lotus. That was the part that made me laugh the loudest because the theme from white Lotus is so like specific. It's, it's like a very specific kind of meme. <laughs> so, and just playing that is like, this is a song the gays get into is absolutely true. Uh, so I just thought that was a very smart joke anyway. Uh, Tiger Claw says they already announced a sequel to Megan. Yes, they did. They absolutely did. Um, speaking, let's derail the train further because I've got to give a shout out to this. So Megan drag acts are all the rage right now. One what? of my, yeah, one of my friends uh, is a drag performer and they did a Megan drag act last night, but they, uh, I got to play a victim in their act. And so, cool. yeah, I got to have uh, my ear removed as part of the act. So there was, there was fake, my ear was like covered in fake blood when it was all done and all this stuff. It was, so I was like, and we were even joking as they were telling me before the show, they were like, um, Megan acts, there's so many on YouTube right now. And I said, red, red, because drag queen is red for filth with two, if look up red for filth, they're that's great. Name. Yeah. Red. Um, I, I told red, I said, red, you're the only one that's going to have an act with a real live victim. And they were like, ooh, good point. <laughs> so I said, you're up in the ante with your act. So, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, since since I, I wasn't hosting the show last night, because, you know, I got to share sometimes. There's lots of talented hosts in the area. Uh, I got to participate in the act. So anyway, just wanted to shout that out there randomly as we're talking about layoffs. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for the bad news about uh, layoffs, but we could talk about drag queens. It can always make you feel better, right? All right. Uh, let's see, uh, other comments in chat. Yeah. As Joe and Hunter Matt says, can't derail if the train was never on the rails to begin with. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Train. That's very true. All right. We, we just have, we just have like a, a boat that's kind of trying not to capsize. <laughs> well, in all seriousness, um, you know, if you were somebody that was affected by the layoffs, um, I'm very sorry to hear it. And, uh, you know, refer back to what I said earlier, the industry is very good at taking care of its own. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. If you are a social media user, um, you know, I'm not usually one to sit here to talk good about Twitter, but I completely understand people are there doing a shout out on a platform like that might help you find something. I personally have had a lot of luck over the years with LinkedIn. I'm not in the gaming industry. I'm in a different industry, but LinkedIn has been great for networking, connecting and finding positions. Um, and uh, heck Mastodon, a lot of people have been moving over there. A lot of good stuff there too. And, and plenty more. So, um, you know, use that social hey, networking. Yeah. Use that social networking. Uh, and just don't be afraid to say, Hey, this news sucks. Can anyone help me? Because you never know who who is out there that might have a good lead for you. So, all right. 
Uh, let's move on and talk about our gaming weeks and the types of games that we have been playing this week. So Dark Soccer, I know we got into it a little bit ago, but would you like to tell us more about your gaming week? Um, I, of course, have been playing a lot of Dead by Daylight because it's it's my jam. And um, I, of course, I finished Final Fantasy V, and so I started Star Ocean last night. And mind you, I have never played any of the Star Ocean games. I knew I would be starting it from scratch, pretty much. And so far, oh my god, why did this game not come out over here? It's beautiful. Like, it's the type of pretty level that uh, and Densetsu 2 and 3 were. You know, um, just really well animated. And it has digitized voice acting. Like, the whole beginning of the game is is voice acted. It's so good. And Su- the music Super is Metroid so good. Super Metroid did it first. <laughs> uh, Super Metroid had hardly any spoken text in, com- in comparison to this game. The last I'm talking like is in captivity. A, that, and, which is the limit of the voice in that. I know, this, I know. This has, like, whole bridge conversations. <laughs> Tell me, and though, explosions. that you weren't floored as a young adult hearing that super metroid voiceover for the first time like it's a it's talking it's talking anyway yes i well not to derail i'm also gonna say kirby's avalanche (laughs) which said even less kirby's avalanche and all the the characters said things like yeah and how could i forget pikachu (laughs) pikachu (laughs) at any rate um but um, I I'm absolutely in love with it. It's it's such a good game. It's such a good game so far. Um, it, it's it's like sci-fi fantasy JRPG gold platinum. Even I really enjoy it. So um, also of course I've been playing Marvel's Midnight Suns. I freaking love 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 that game. It's so good. Um. And, uh, um, well, it says I playing, um, I'm, I might be playing a little bit of Cult of the Lamb soon just because I kind of miss running around and I love the music in that game. And I, I need to make sure that my, uh, my cultists don't forget who, who to worship. Um, but, but yeah, that, that's been, that's been the thing. And I, 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 I know what I like. All right. Well, speaking of uh, players that I think know the games that they like, Loki, how was your gaming week? Well, it's all Minecraft. <laughs> um, it it was just working on um, working on designing terraforming for an area that uh, I started mm, a few episodes ago. So with like uh, the the Creeper Man stuff, and so now I finished the terraforming, but it took forever to design because I did a bunch of custom trees and so you know those take time especially since i'm not copying and pasting them and i made like 30 plus trees i don't know they're big um so yeah it's been that uh and then today i've been trying to get um i was trying to design stuff for my modded single player or well <laughs> i say single player that was a slip um no it, it's it's multiplayer but no one plays on the server anymore um, so it, my, uh, multiplayer series or modded series, 
but you know me, I can't stop adding mods to it. And so I got, we, we finally hit that point where maybe there's too, mo too many mods added to it and the game is having stability problems. So I'm trying to balance that a little bit. I think I had one mod that was conflicting with another one. Um, and I think I found replacements for it. But then I'm also adding something or want to add something that adds uh, buildable airships. That might be too much <laughs> with all the physical, the physics calculations. I noticed my frame rate was starting to get a little <laughs> bit low. Uh, <laughs> with, with I like having the shaders on. The shaders look so good, but yeah, it cuts the frame rate in half, especially when you have like you know mods that are doing physics calculations on a bunch of different blocks and stuff. It's it's not. We may have to turn the shaders off eventually, uh, and that's so hard for me. Aww. but I, i'm playing around with it right now um so yeah i'm working on that and then hopefully gonna i think i may work on the actual building because i designed everything on our creative server because we have a creative server that we can just fly around and do whatever and then we just copy stuff to a schematic and then bring it over to the uh, survival server which then i have to build it all by hand again so i have to do that now i've been collecting resources for that and it had a lot of leaves so that took a few days. And then um, last you know, yesterday, I was just mining a ton. So I ended up filling up a lot of my storage room with supplies for future projects and stuff. Um, so yeah, it, look, it looks really, really good, though. It looks really good because I have these trees that are kind of like, they look like big redwood trees almost or i guess they're big spruce trees but they're also because if you've played Mega Man or anything like that or at least seen screenshots of it you know like in all the backgrounds and stuff they kind of like nature things but it's also like artificial nature things so you see like kind of uh panels ripped off of the trees where you have metal exposed and stuff like that so i'm building stuff like that and it mm. looks really cool <laughs> so uh i really like the way it came out so there'll be um hopefully pretty soon we'll, we'll have an episode out for that okay cool um let's see my gaming week so honestly it's a lot of the stuff i talk about often um final fantasy 14 my island sanctuary is now rank 11 uh, which means I have access to the new seeds they added in the recent patch, which I believe is paprika and leeks. So I'm now growing leeks in my garden. I'm growing a ton of both of those to kind of get caught up. Uh, but I should be ranked 12 next week, and that means I get access to the new alligator mount and the ever-important Speedo cosplay uh, for my character. Mm. Very important to get that. Diable, by the way, so any color uh that you could possibly imagine and because uh, glamour of course is the end game uh true end game of final fantasy so working on that um still playing a little bit of world of warcraft but i actually i actually canceled my account because i'm like okay i think i've i think i've done everything i'm gonna do in my little revisiting um if i suddenly start picking up and doing more mythic dungeons in the next week or something to keep me engaged then maybe i'll sucker up and buy another month but otherwise i was like you know what i'm gonna just cancel it just so just so i don't accidentally auto renew so we'll see how that goes uh still been playing like cell phone games you know between ingress and pokemon go there was a classic event for uh larvitar community day yesterday so i did that for a little bit uh pikmin also i walked twelve thousand steps yesterday because pikmin had a community day to walk ten thousand steps so walked a lot a lot yesterday but it was good uh, it was daffodil day so uh growing lots of daffodils was the plant they introduced in that game recently um also uh if you follow the niantic products 
Word on the street is, I don't know if this will actually happen or not, but word on the street is that NBA All World is going to launch on Tuesday uh, in all regions. So, Oh, it, my God. It's it's being tested. <laughs> it's being tested right now in like France and Canada and like other other regions, very limited select tested. areas. Yeah, I I'm curious. Like, look, I may not be a sports person, but number one, sports when sports video games are done well, I'll eat it up. And case in point, if you want to talk NBA, how about NBA Jam? Probably one of the greatest fucking sports games of all time. Even people like me who are like, I don't really play sports games. It's like, oh, but NBA Jam's really cool. Oh, like you know, it's so, like, <laughs> what is the game? Like, what is the game? I I'm actually you get players. Or I've something? been like, what is it? I've been trying to follow the campfire community with the screenshots and stuff. I don't know. I can't tell because all the screenshots are in French. So I'm, I think it looks like you kind of pick up players, you recruit players for a team and then you like maybe control courts. Like you do like a, a, a cause I've heard of things like three point shootouts and one-on-one -on -one games that you play on the court. But again, don't quote me on any of this. Cause honestly, I don't fucking know. And until the, I play the game for myself, I don't know. I'll try it because I have fucking played every Niantic game and pr uh, pretty much any AR game that have, has come out. I will try it. Uh, and I'll let y'all know if, you know, if, if it's worth crossing over if you don't usually play sports games, but um, I'm certainly curious. So I hope, I hope they make the release this week. I mean, don't hold them to it. Cause that, that release date was in their campfire community, like before the end of the year, they said they're going to launch globally on January 24th, which is Tuesday. So we'll see if they do it or not. So we'll mm -hmm. see. <laughs> Phila nine says Rob is broing out right now. I, I guess I didn't realize that I was actually talking to a friend about the NBA, uh, another friend that also plays Ingress and Pokemon is into all the games I am. And I was like, if we get to be our own teams, I don't want to be the Kings. Absolutely not. Because living in Sacramento, everybody's going to be the Kings or they're going to be the Lakers because we have a lot of Laker fans here who love to, you know, but apparently, I didn't realize the Kings apparently are actually doing very well right now, relatively. They're like third in the league right now. I was like, what? When did the Kings get a good team? That's, that's okay. You know, a weird timeline we're in now. I know. What's going on? So I'm like, who's the last place team? That's the team I'm going to pick. So it looks like, unless otherwise uh, convinced, I'll be the Detroit Pistons. It sounds like so... But I don't know yet. I'm not because honest to God, I was like, well, I'll do a city. I like I said, I can be the Seattle Supersonics. Right. And <laughs> somebody straight had to sit me down and go, Rob, um, Seattle hasn't had a team since 2008. <laughs> this is your reality. I know. I'm like, wait, what? Actually, Seattle tried to steal the Sacramento Kings. I don't know if you're aware. <laughs> what? Lots of people have. <laughs> so. Anyway. I thought they were going to be the Vegas Kings for a while there. Whatever I happened. Well, Vegas got their got our our football team instead. But um, you know, oh, is, right, is that right, a blessing right. or a curse? <laughs> Depends who you ask. All right. Uh, let's see. Mike Def says I'm still waiting for him to get to level 50 in Pogo. And SJ100 Matt says Rob's got to get his max level on every Niantic product. Well, to be fair. Uh, you know who she who shall not be named made me stop playing that Harry Potter Wizards Unite before they shut it down. So I never did get max level in that. I got to 30, but that was about as far as I could get before I was like, I, I can't, 
<laughs> it was it was that simple. Um, but I've I've been max level in Ingress. I'll probably get max level in Pikmin eventually. It's just walking. I'll get there. Um, Pokemon is the tough thing is those uh, level up gates. I'm just too unmotivated to fight 50 Team Rocket leaders because you have to do things that are very hard to multitask in those games. Meaning I can't play like Ingress and Pikmin and because I've got to sit there and go, here's a Team Rocket stop, fight, 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 tap, 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 tap. Okay, here's the leader stop, spit, tap, 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 fight, fight, fight. It's like I can't be bothered to do the level up quest. That's my problem. I'll get there eventually. All right, one other game I played this week and then I'll be done, I promise. The other game I played this week, Blast from the Past, Ikaruga, I played because um, apparently... It is free. I don't know if it's still free right this moment, but in this morning, it was free on the Xbox Argentina store. And specifically, you have to be in the Argentina marketplace. I don't know why. I don't know if it's some sort of holiday or something. <clears throat> pardon me. What is unique about Xbox Argentina? But you can get it free in that store right now, or at least maybe somebody in, in chat will fact check me live here. I put the link on my Mastodon if somebody wants to check if it's still there. Um, but... Um, uh, it was free. It's not free on the U.S. store. It's like three twenty nine or you know some some price still right now. Um, but yeah, I, I grabbed that and I checked it out because even though it was an Xbox three hundred and sixty, which obviously was you know a re release of something for the Dreamcast, uh, you can play it on Series S and X because it's one of the backwards compatible titles. So uh, looks great. All right. Um, Mike Def says it's normally free there for some reason, like every month that goes free on Xbox Argentina. Interesting. Well, I, today was the day that it caught my attention and I went and I was like, oh, sure enough, even though I have a U.S. account, I can click on that, redeem it. And here I am, I'm playing it on my Xbox. So that was fun. Cool. Yep. It's a hard fucking game too, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I, I know we all know that, but just, just to reiterate, Ikaruga, it's a hard fucking game. All right. It is. Yeah. All right. Well, you know you can get Radiant Silver Gun for Switch. Oh yeah, that's true. I haven't gotten anything on Switch in a while, not since um Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which I still need to go back and beat. I kind of let that wagon derail, but I keep hearing they're going to do patches, so I'm like maybe I'll just wait for the home patch at this point, which will probably patch in a lot of performance stuff too. Even though I wasn't super bothered by it, I don't know. There's something I'm, I'm like if I know I'm not playing the game in its final form, I get really weird about it. I don't know. All right, uh, let's get into some other headlines and what's going on in the gaming world, including some more bad news. But I don't know. This one I think we all saw coming, it's right, not Loki? unexpected. Yeah. It's because it's Square Enix, and Square Enix has a pattern of behavior when it comes to live service games. They like to cancel them after not much support. And so, um, you know, now I guess this is Embracer Group that owns it, but, you know... I'm still seeing that's tainted by Square Enix, though. So, Marvel Avengers is ending all official support, and that's going to be in September. So, you still got some time. You can still play some more of it. Uh, but they're going to be uh, basically that update 2.8, which comes out at the end of March uh, 23rd, is going to be the end of the content and feature rollout. And they're also saying that uh, on September 30th, all official support will end and the single player and multiplayer will still be available as well as uh, some of the facets of the game, but there are going to be other parts that are shut down. 
credits will not be purchasable, and I think the cosmetics are going to be made free. And in case you're wondering, for all of those out there that may not own a Sony copy of this game, you're like, hey, cool, do I get Spider-Man now? No, you don't get Spider-Man. Sorry. Sony has Spider-Man. They're never going to let you have Spider-Man. That's it. I wonder if it'll stay on Game Pass, even though they're getting rid of the... Because you can't, you can't even buy a new digital copy, right? So I'm assuming that means it'll yeah. leave Game Pass, too, which is going to be interesting. So Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, look, I, I'm not wishful thinking about Spider-Man. I understand that's a Sony thing, but I like that I can play it on Game Pass, you know, without Spider-Man. But I'll be honest, I didn't play it a lot, and so maybe I'm part of the problem. I don't know. Um, well, no, I think part of the problem is the fact that the game looked like it was a live service game that was shoehorned into a single player game. Like, I think this was developed originally as like a single player game. And they're like, we want more money. And so they like shoved this like really grindy end game into it. And people just didn't like that. They used a beloved license to try to create a money machine. And the whole thing was very transparent and everyone saw right through it. That is the story of Marvel Avengers in a sentence. And it was also, I think, rough around the edges, too, when it came out, if I remember correctly. So once once again, you know, rush this stuff to market so that we can make as much money as possible. And yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, look, I'll I'll give them this. I'll give them this. Uh, at least it w- wasn't EA running the game because the game would have been shut down a year and a half ago if it was EA running it. So I'll, I'll give I mean, them this. They 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 really tried. They really tried I mean, to make I it I think happen. if they didn't sell to an Embracer group, um, if this game wasn't sold as part of that, I think it would have been shut down earlier. I mean, look at like what Square Enix has shut down recently. They had that Final Fantasy VII game that um, it was like... Well, a, the fact a, that you don't even know what the fuck it is is very telling. It, I don't... Because like, <laughs> it, it's a Final Fantasy VII game, which means it has a complicated subtitle to it. So it's like... Uh, I want to say all the brave. No, it's like I don't even know if it's all the bravest or something like that. But it was it was one of the ones. It was like, oh, Mike like, Deft uh, with a great point. I'm still freaking bitter. What happened to Chocobo GP? GP? That's a very oh, good point. Yeah, that too. That too. Yeah. So, um, it it's just it's a pattern behavior from them. Just don't buy into any of their um live service games. Like actually, any company really wish the companies out there would like start treating live service like loot boxes. Like in the sense that it's like a bad word and just, you know, people don't want it type of thing. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's annoying. Fifth Dream in chat says, what's that prequel Final Fantasy game that's a Souls-like or something? That went nowhere. Um, I think you're referring to Strangers of Paradise. Is that the one where that, fuck chaos. Is it that one <laughs> that you're thinking of? Um, there's actually DLC coming out real soon for that because I've been really tempted to buy it. But, like, it won't go on sale enough. I should have bought it on the stinking Epic Store with the 25% off coupon. That probably is the best deal I was going to find for a while, but I forgot or I didn't do it. Like, I'm waiting for that game to really get a deep discount before I pick that up. But I'm, I'm oddly, I thought the demo for Strangers of Paradise was, was special. <laughs> so, I, well, I, it, it, was a, it was a unique experience. So, I would try it again for sure. So um let's see uh dj ramas says i'm waiting until that game drops to 20 dollars." yeah that's kind of where i'm at as well for sure so <sighs> anyway yep it's uh it's a bummer about what happened with the marvel avengers game but again when you are that obviously transparent about trying to milk everyone for every dollar in their wallets and every you know possible 
you know, mini transaction you can in the game, this is what's going to happen. At least, you know, the fact they're unlocking all the cosmetics and stuff, I guess is cool, but it's one of those might as well because they've made every dollar they're going to make off that game. Might as well show the fans who who stuck with you some love, right? All right. Well, one game that's done very well for itself over the years is The Witcher 3. I mean, hell, it lended itself to a television show, which, yes, I know it's really about the books, but let's be real. The show wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the games. Um, so The Witcher 3 and, you know, this game's come out several times and it's getting another basically re-release because there's a next-gen patch on the way. The next-gen patch for the PC is in final stages, as they say, uh, whereas the console version is actually going to be headed to retail and it's coming out on the 26th. So The Witcher Three, and I almost said The Witcher 5 because I'm thinking PlayStation 5, but The Witcher 3 next gen will be coming out for the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series on January 26th. This is the complete edition. This means all of the previous DLC is there and all the quality of life improvements and all of that good stuff as well. This does not mean the PC update is coming on the 26th. Uh, the next gen patch is just at the final stages and they're saying it shouldn't be long before it's out. So whether that means one month, three months, we really don't know. We're just at the mercy of them bug testing, which, hey, you know what? Don't release it half-baked. Get it right. So I'm sure they've got to, you know, if it is next-gen, they got to make sure it still has decent performance and all that stuff, too. But, uh, yeah, admittedly, I didn't play enough Witcher 3, but a next-gen update will definitely get me to take another look, especially, you know, I'm running kind of a nice rig on PC now. So whenever they get that PC version out, I'd love to play it. I really would. So. I'll keep an eye on that. All right, moving on. Dark Sakura. So um, I had alluded to this before when we were talking about the layoffs and whatnot and and uh, uh, community support. Um, the Game Developers Conference released a its annual video games industry report. We have various statistics, um, but one of the ones on there is the uh, illustrated the rise of player-driven harassments against game developers. Um, they said they were very confused about the toxicity of player bases, with 75% of developers noting it was very a very serious industry issue. 40% of developers claimed that they had faced direct harassment or as part of a team. Um, a portion of these uh, respondents identified uh, as members of the LGBTQIA plus um, or non-male uh, communities. And different developers have come for like different tactics, including uh, banning, um, deplatforming the, the cruelest of them, um, which honestly I'm for. Um, boundaries do very much need to be set. Um, but yeah, that's sort of like their, one of the quotes is ban, isolate, and deplatform, you know. Um, others have also said, though, that studios need to have, uh, uh, and this is a quote, easily accessible hotlines for developers that are facing harassment to set proper uh, boundaries and stop inviting the community to be part of the family. Um uh, one developer was even saying that they had some death threats to their family. Um, none of that is acceptable, people. None of that. But the biggest thing that's at the core of of what they want is unionization. 
53% of the developers believe that uh, they should unionize for protected rights. Only 13% of the respondents disagreed. Um, and uh, they're they're really just you know looking at overall protecting themselves protecting their their livelihoods and uh protecting their their safety their mental health too so and i'm going to say this right now be critical of what you love it's the only way something can get better at the same time don't be a little shit about it okay that's unforgivable right these are people doing their their jobs at the direction of other people. And I mean, it's not like they're, they're going around and, you know, like stabbing people in the face or something. No, if they were doing that, yeah, fuck drag them. You know, if they were doing things that were causing harm to other people, yeah, drag them, but they're making a game. And just because you don't like the game or something about the game, it doesn't mean that you can go out there and threaten someone's life or be that terrible to them about it. It's just, you just can't. Same goes with, like, streamers. Don't go attacking them because they don't play the game you, the way that you like them to play it or, or whatever, you know. Or reality just... television stars on things like RuPaul's Drag Race. Just seeing all the hate people get on social media from that, too, is just unreal. It's... If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. And if you can't be constructively and tactfully critical, keep it to yourself. You, you, there's paper. There's, these things exist called journals. Mm -hmm. You can write it down there. There is a void that you can shout into. You can go to a forest where no one else is around and see if anyone can hear you if you, you know, yell into it. It's there's there's plenty of things you can do. Um, you could you could go find some dirt and bury your head in it. <laughs> Let play play ostrich. Um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, on a serious note, though, I, I one of those elements that you kind of said there about kind of creating a support system for this. I mean, it's sad that we're that we're at the point that we need one, but recognizing that yes, we need one. I do kind of love the concept of perhaps a. Uh, an employer's employee assistance program. Many big employers, hell, even small and medium-sized employers, many employers, probably yours, offer some type of EAP or employee assistance program, which is usually a type of um, mental health benefit because, you know, happy workers lead to productive workers, right? And so forth. But all of those semantics aside, I'm I, I would I would be surprised if these companies couldn't, you know, put some of this wellness of how to deal with harassment into their employee assistance programs. So let's say, help, I'm being harassed on social media and like they're coming after my family. What can I do? Maybe there can be like a crisis support through somebody's employee assistance, you know, at their EA, at their Square Enix, wherever it is they work, that can help them in getting through that. And, you know, support group, other people, here's what you can do to lock down your social media. Here's, you know, what you should and shouldn't read. And, you know, those, those types of things to help them through it. Um, I would really like to call on, I mean, I know nobody's fucking listening, but what you all are, but I mean, nobody influential in the industry is Bobby Kotick's not fucking listening. Okay. 
But I would throw out a challenge to the industry to, you know, and if it's not already in, maybe some companies, I bet a lot of them do have something like this in their EAP, but I would really like to call out to the gaming industry for their employee assistance program. A, if they don't have one, fucking get one. B, uh, embed within that program this type of support system because unfortunately in the year 20 and 23 it is needed that is it Ooh, uh this is the clapping emoji in chat so you know this is serious for mike deft the same goes for localization teams localization is not censorship Ooh, a thousand percent that mike deft a hundred thousand percent that for sure fanara uh, with a, a comment here, very important. The problems you face in the game are not necessarily their fault. And with all the layoffs and labor shortages, they may not have had the time or funds to test any issues. Yes. Or, I mean, hell, they probably did. I mean, cl- classic example, playing Skyrim. Doesn't Bethesda fucking test these games? Yeah, they do. And honestly, that bug was probably found and it was reported. And you know what? It was determined that bug doesn't break the game. The bug is not a, what do they call that? A stage, a stage ender, a a deal. I don't remember what they call that in the industry, but it's something about, it's not a, it doesn't cut off the game. It doesn't end the game. It's not a, a, a crisis basically thing. So we're keeping it in to meet our deadline and we'll patch it up later. That's that's not the the testing team's fault, for sure. Uh, showstopper. Thank you, Bobby. That's what I was looking for, a showstopper. Uh, SG100 Matt says, don't be upset or surprised when companies are reluctant to show early footage of their game because they don't want to draw the ire of the internet scum lords. Mm. Fanara says, it's like trying to attack the people in a grocery store for supply shortages or prices of industry-wide things like eggs. Oh, yeah. Or God, when it was fucking toilet paper, like the people, you know, yelling at people at Costco. Like, like, like it's not their problem, too. It's their fault. It's not their, like, th- those Costco employees are also probably trying to find toilet paper or whatever it is. It's just- they want the thing, and they want you to know that they're selfish and want the thing. It's a, it's it, I see this every day, even outside of just treating employees bad, just like with people just choosing which laws that they want to follow, especially traffic laws. The amount of people that run red lights near me, near a school, and, is ridiculous. To be and fair, they want to go. That, other people aren't calling them out. You know? Like, oh, I don't want to get involved with that. That doesn't involve me. It does fucking involve you. You know? You, as as a society, we sort of, we do have a responsibility to each other to make sure that the society that we're in functions properly. And I will not hesitate to tell someone they're being a little shit to the employee who can't do anything about it. And I- I've done it. In the middle of Daiso, I have yelled at someone for not wearing their mask. Because the employee couldn't do it. I was like... Do you not see that other people here have their masks on? Get out, put your mask on, and then you can come back in. I don't have to be nice to you because I'm not an employee. <laughs> and I'm I'm sure they walked right out of the store and said, what a bitch, you know, but it's like. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, yeah exactly. Good. <laughs> I'm also your worst and, nightmare. Why don't you use that term too? <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, you know, I used to do it at, um, at golf land back in the day when people <laughs> were being assholes. I have no problem with speaking up. Um, and if I see someone is being 
you know, is harassing someone for their their yeah. race or their gender. Oh, yeah. You damn well better believe I'm going to say something. And that's why this shit happens in the world, because no one else stands up and says that's enough. That's that's being an ally in those sorts. Of, it It is up to non LGBTQ plus people to say to their non LGBTQ plus people friends when a joke is or the FAG word is used or whatever it is you know, or, or, uh, pronouns or somebody's, somebody is saying it as a pronoun or one of those types of dirty things is happening. It's up to those people to say, Hey, that's not funny. That's not cool. Don't do that. Like what, why, why are you doing that? On top of that? I mean, I, I am, you know, I have to deal with people who are going, Oh, that's not really an orientation. It's like, yeah, it is. Or having doctors try to prescribe me hormones because they think that, being ace is a hormonal disease which is not i check out fine you know or having you know people you know went after i converted saying oh now you're a candidate for a gas chamber oh disgusting it's really disgusting especially after you know you know what ascended for the four years <sighs> um and 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 i'm just saying you know that it's it's like you know the things and then they came for me mm-hmm. don't wait for them to come for you don't let them come for anybody um to try to lighten the mood a little bit let me read this chat comment here uh because it's totally true ssj 100 matt says as an aside don't pick a fight at a waffle house the employees will mess you up fuck around and find out yeah yes. oh that is true <laughs> as a connoisseur of many a waffle house <laughs> Acts. I do. I do. I, I completely understand. We're never getting Waffle House in California. I also understand for those that live in California, Waffle House gets severely overrated. Like it's like the rest of you in and in and out, to be quite frankly. But it's <laughs> it's one of those things. Like, I do wish we had Waffle House in California because I'm going to tell you, Denny's is not it. Period. No, Denny's is Denny's not, is not there's, it. There's only one place I have eaten at that the food tastes just like it does at Waffle House. And that's that Ed's place in San Francisco over on Fillmore. And it's been open since 1972. And they're probably just trying to emulate the Waffle House strategy, to be fair. I, honestly, I think I, I have a theory that it was opened by somebody who had waff, who went to Waffle House is like, I like this. I'm going to make this. And of course, we all know about the Waffle House Index. I mean, if even Waffle House is closed run. Even though the food is pretty shit, like I'm just, you know, it, shit. it's it's comfort food. I understand, but it's pretty shit comfort. Look, Taco Bell food is shit too, but it's comfort food, okay? No, so- Taco Bell food is actual shit. <laughs> Shots fired. I don't care. No, that's- Del ta- Taco all the way. <laughs> I, I will say, yeah. I, why would you ever go to Taco Bell when there's a Del Taco there on the same street? Right. Why? I why? like what Fifth Stream says- it's it's like a bar Wolverine would hang out in, but with hash browns. I forgot Waffle what I was, House. I forgot what I was going to say about Waffle House. Now, <laughs> the the food is shit, but it's comforting and yes, and it's co- exactly it's comforting. It's in a comforting environment. You you know what you're gonna fucking get at three in the morning at Waffle House. <laughs> you know the coffee's gonna be hot. They'll always put on a fresh pot for you. You can get those hash brown covered, smothered, chunked, diced. There's a s- and always order your waffle. Well done. There's a there's a certain cadence to the. Wa- I mean, it's literally all in front of you. You can watch them make the fucking food from start to finish. There's yeah. not a lot of chains that do the food. There's That's not a lot of chains to do that. Hmm. Throw a chair at a Waffle House employee, and they will parry it like Daigo. 
true. All right. Anyway, uh, let's see what else is there. Bobby Blackwell says a bag of Waffle House grits in my pantry and I'm about to make them. Bobby Blackwell says we're soon getting in and outs in Tennessee in a few years. So soon we won't care about it anymore. It's like that fucking raising canes just opened up on every block here. And at first it was like, wow, we're finally getting raising canes. Literally, it's like three months later and it's like, okay, everybody stop caring. Like, well, they they also have now came out here. What Loki? I was gonna say they they also have now like um all the hot chicken Nashville hot chicken places. Oh yeah, so that's before a it used to be too. like, hey, ooh, Nashville, uh, Nashville proper, heck yeah, I like I, I'm craving that, and it's like, oh hey, there's a restaurant Nashville Tender. Oh cool, I'll, I'll try Nation? that out. Nation, oh, uh, Nashville, uh, oh, Nations. Nation, yeah. <laughs> Nashville, no, 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 Nation, no, no, <laughs> like a Nashville hot chicken. Oh, got it. Okay, okay. It's it's like fried chicken with like they put a, like way too much spice on it to where it's like you just in torture. I love it though; it's great. And you you know, serve it on a piece of uh, white bread and pickles and stuff. You know, it, it's good stuff. Uh, chicken strips, but um, they have like now Dave's Hot Chicken. There's like all like so many hot chicken places now. And they're not went, not all of them are great. I I want crystals so I can eat my corn pups in peace. Here's what you should all be jealous of on the East Coast that you don't have that we have. It's a newer thing, and I'm telling you, this place is addicting AF. And I'm sure my co-hosts are gonna roll their eyes. I don't care. I think the thing y'all are missing is Dutch Brothers. That Oh fuck yeah, Dutch Brothers. My eyes are rolling so far <laughs> that I'm gonna fall out of my chair. Like I love the, Dutch Brothers. Uh, me too. It's it's and yeah, I say that as I'm not drinking Dutch Brothers on stream, but it's because because the drive throughs are always a fucking. You think In and Out drive through lines are long? Go to a fucking Dutch Brothers, Jesus. Dutch Brothers are to the coffee world what Apple is to the technology world. You'll have people that just flock Superior. to it. <laughs> I'm like, why the people that purchase their products? Hold think on, let superior. me let me yes. describe what uh, you're uh, saying on my perhaps. iPhone. Yes, what were you saying? <laughs> What I, what I'm saying is overrated. My, Mac, my iPhone is a webcam. <laughs> they they insist they insist on placing they're plopping down their stupid business. And I say plop because it's shit. Um, they they plop it down in like the most inconvenient places ever because it's the size of like one of those photo. I, this is probably predating a lot of people. Sorry, do you people. kids We're know old. what a photo booth is? But, yeah, do you know what a photo booth a is? Like, you know, a photo mat? Yeah, where you, no, you they convert, drive through photo mat. Those photo booths now will post to your Facebook automatically. That's the new thing they all do. Okay, well, this is a drive through no, photo mat. Like phone. back when we had film cameras. Okay, and so they're like that size. It's like, like the small checkers. Think of think of like the size of your utility shed in the backyard or something like that. They converted that into a coffee place and decide to park it in the middle of a parking lot. And so there's no adequate. They have drive-through lines going two different directions sometimes, uh, or it's just weaving through everywhere and blocking everything. You know because they're ill prepared to serve the amount of customers that they have because they don't have a storefront. Because I guess that costs too much, or it's not like cool enough and then it, then the worst part about it and don't get me wrong like like i'm sure their coffee is good and and i have no problem with the coffee what i have a problem with is the people that go there and then <laughs> decide hey you know what we're gonna do i'm gonna put a crap ton of your products advertising bumper stickers all over the fuck my van and my car i see that shit fucking everywhere and it's really annoying 
<laughs> too expensive for me to put stickers yeah. all over it. Okay, I'll say what they they to tie it back to video games. They've stolen the Xbox achievement system for their app, and I know like Alan actually is like, oh, if I go today, I can get like a heart sticker for my. It's not even a real sticker, but apparently, if you go on the first of the month, they do give you a real sticker. So that's that's the thing. Anyway. Oh well, my gosh. Okay. So like, so they're the kindergarten class of like coffee places. They're so Loki, they're so good. Say this as I have an actual sticker book. And you can get you can get non-coffee drinks there too. And they're not even paying me to say this, but they should pay me in coffee, Jesus. But you can get like energy drinks and non-coffee things there too. Yeah, I, I know that they have stuff. I I I've gone there and gotten a coffee before, but like all it I is, will is never a do it again. Tarani syrup bar. That's all that place is. But anyway, um, just a couple comments in chat here on the food, and then I'm going to move on. Number one, uh, pod culture in chat says White Castle greater than crystal crystals crystals. I almost said crystallis. Like I would love a White Castle. Well, I'm I've sure it's I've crash, never but actually I would had like IRL White Castle other than like the microwave stuff. White Castle oh, and those are awful. Is the most disgusting fucking fast food I've ever had in my life. That is the most I, like you could not have a more wrong opinion. <laughs> Sorry, Paul, I, I don't know. I don't know crystals, so maybe. But well, that was a, I yeah. had it in crystal, Vegas. That was a disgusting, is, is disgusting. Kind of the same theory as White Castle, but I always have to tell them not to put any mustard or pickle on my on my sandwich. But they have an amazing thing on their menu that I greatly miss, and that is the corn pup. Is tiny little corn dogs? Oh, that's tiny good. little corn dogs. It's just I remember it, when we were the steaming so of the burger. No. Yeah, no. I remember when we were so desperate to get Dunkin' Donuts, and we have one near us now. And I, 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 I really wish it was a Krispy Kreme instead because I, you know I don't like Dunkin'. I love Dunkin' Donuts because I can get more cake style donuts rather than what they had at Krispy Kreme. And I grew up with freaking Krispy Kreme, and I'm very sad that the one from the 50s that was on Government Street in Mobile is gone pisses me the fuck off but um but i i like i when i came out here and had donuts that were not from Krispy cream for the first time in my life i was like cake donuts yeah. a lot of cake donuts yeah i i will say oh, yeah. the, the 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 food at Krispy cream is better than duncan but the coffee's better at duncan than it is at Krispy cream but you're right that's the that is the one thing that california seemingly has that i do notice is that because we don't have a lot of Krispy cream duncan there's a lot of mom and pop donut shops and i will say nothing beats those. pretty good nothing beats yeah those. Those, those are good for donuts really I, I i do like i really do like though they're just regular uh glazed donuts so like the Krispy cream ones i could eat those like by the dozen but um that's the thing i yeah. missed about I the one on government by. street because it had it had the 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 conveyor in the back where they cooked them mm -hmm. oh and that was you, awesome yeah and you go in when the when the hot sign is on and that was when they were the best what was the, yeah we had one what was the by big, the mall like by us and then it became a panera bread what Ugh. was the big chain that was it wenchel's that used to be all over california now i think they're only in southern california but most mom and pop shops Winchels. are pretty much oh, yeah. winchell's are, are pretty much that like are, is that it's pretty much yeah, what all mom and, and pop stores are, Disneyland, are so um, modeled after. Okay, there was one other food comment because I had to get to it, and now I don't. Oh dang, where was it? It's like <laughs> y'all are going off on food. I'm like, do we spend too much time talking about food on this show? And then like y'all blow up the chat. Everyone, the food. Yeah, see, Fifth, Fifth Dream says I like Dairy Queen food. I'm not gonna not gonna lie, it's so bad. But where else can you get country gravy, Texas toast with chicken strips? 
that's a good idea. The only thing I don't like about um, Dairy Queen, and, and this is just it's it's saddens me so much. So Dairy Queen purchased Orange Julius, and then Orange Julius disappeared out of the malls. And they used to have Orange Julius available at Dairy Queen. Now they don't have it at all. They have made Orange Julius extinct, and Aww. that makes me so sad. This word did used to be good. Okay, the comment was from Mike Deft, and it was a, a response to what we were talking about Taco Bell and Del Taco, and he said something along the lines of, it's all shit. Um, what, what did he say? Oh, all of those Mexican fast food are shit, with Mexican in quotes. And that is from our resident uh, listener that actually lives in Mexico. And he, here's, Unless it's gym boys, and then it just gives you the shits. Here's the thing about Taco Bell and Del Taco and all that. Taco Bell is not Mexican food. It is Taco Bell. <laughs> That's you, you have to no, go into Taco it. Taco Bell is not Mexican food. It's just not food. If I it's want Southern some, California food, if I want something that resembles Mexican food, I would go to like Chando's Tacos or something that is a lot more like authentic street taco oh. type affair. Chando's well, is, Chando's like is extremely near my, greasy near my house, but I cannot eat at Jim Boys because it makes me immediately I love sick. Jim Boys. Jim Boys is one of the. It's it's honestly my pl- first week out here. Dan took me to Jim Boys. I know, I'll when, leave it at that. When Shane lived with us for a little bit, we went to Jim Boys one day, and Shane was like, "Never again." <laughs> that was me. Jim Boys. I know. They're I love Jim Boys. Their too. tacos are good. I don't anyway. know. All right, but Chando's. I thought Chando's I had a cast is- iron digestive system. No, I don't. Chando's is good, except for um, their, like, I, I used to get their, like, kind of stuffed quesadillas that they have, and it's just, like, it's just grease. It's yeah. solid grease. It th- That's the only thing. It's, like, so heavy and so bad. And then they also have their um, street corn, which I love, um, Elode, oh, but, yeah. but it's sour. Like, I don't think it's supposed to be sour. Like, it's not good sour. I've had a lot of street corn from a different bunch of different places, and it's sour, like sour milk. All no. right. I, I Clearly, we've derailed with Orange Lounge Foodio. Let's try to get back. Hey, look, what do we do when we play video games? We eat. Let's move on into some other gaming headlines, which, um, you know, kind of along the lines of harassment a little bit and social media behavior. I don't know. Loki? Uh, yeah. So, um, of course, we have... Uh, Phil Spencer saying that uh, he's praising devs for releasing games among uh, the culture of cancellation. So at first when I read this, like I wasn't sure if they were talking about like, you know, all the different canceled games like Ubisoft and stuff, but they're talking about the current culture of criticism and cancellation. Uh, I guess being that indie developers are, more likely to just kind of bring their vision to fruition and not really care about outside influences. Whereas if you have something kind of studio made or something like that, you might get a lot more exec kind of influence over stuff. But um, he basically said, we're, we, all of us here today, all of our teams around the globe, except for the 10,000 people that we let go, uh, we are all part of creating this echo effect of joy. Our creators who bravely and intentionally release their visions to the world, particularly in the current culture of criticism and cancellation, are players who bravely um, and intentionally carve out time for our games to invite rest and rejuvenate their lives. And business leaders, we call upon them to have the courage to protect and nurture this collective joy. I think what they were talking about mainly was like some of the more recent games, like High on Life is a weird game, and that they just kind of, you know, let it be weird, I guess. I, I mean, 
here's the thing. I actually don't think Phil Spencer's comments are as terrible as people are making them out to be. And maybe I'm giving him too much credit. But here's the thing. I think like when I was reading this story on some websites, like for I'm just to say, say what it is. Like when I was reading the headline on Kotaku, I noticed they changed the quote to remove the word criticism and they just put the cancellation. And I felt when I was reading that story that they were trying to project like the Hogwarts legacy discussion, because that's the ongoing cancellation right now. Right. They were trying to project that onto Phil Spencer's comments. But when I read Phil Spencer's comments, as a standalone. I more see it in light of the story Jamie just talked about and a lot of the crap that developers have to put up with online. And sometimes, yeah, I would actually label some of that like cancellation. It's shitty cancellation attempts. It's, it's, you know, thing cancellation. That's just, you know, and we all know that's a silly word. Anyway, a lot of it is accountability culture and, and so forth anyway, but I digress. I don't want to get too far into those. I just feel like, when I was reading a lot of the gaming media's reports on this quote, that they were projecting something onto it that I don't think Phil, unless Phil Spencer said like Hogwarts legacy or like what other, unless he said that I'm not sure I would jump from this to this and that conclusion. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being naive. Maybe I'm giving Phil Spencer too much credit. I feel like he's earned a little bit of credit from some of the things he's done in this industry. Um, but you know, and and also not everybody always says eloquent things. I can respect developers and still say, oh, boy, did you put your foot in your mouth? For example, Naoki Yoshida and the comments about Final Fantasy 16. I respect the guy a lot, but oof, you know, but I, mm-hmm. I, I also I also recognize how many how much of that is him and how much of that is like the Japanese game development industry. But that's a, that's a whole other Oprah. Um, I just think this. You know, I I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like a, a different argument is being put on Phil Spencer that I'm not sure he was trying to get involved with. But that's my thought. Anyway. All right. Moving on. Let's talk about Arcade One Up because, uh, you know, we uh, talk about those uh, machines on this show a little bit. And we also talk about them on our Discord server sometimes because, you know, some of these pictures of machines and stuff show up on our Discord. Uh, plus, you know, the the good old uh, I'm banned from Bobby Blackwolf's arcade because I get high scores on his machines. This this all gets elaborated on with pictures in the Discord and all of that. So uh, over at vognetwork.com slash Discord, that's vognetwork.com slash Discord. This story was actually posted in the Orange Lounge radio channel about did arcade one up actually violate an emulator license and it was a link to a reddit post in the emulation subreddit uh but it reads this the arcade one up simpsons bowling unit is reportedly based on duck station which is a gpl3 licensed product project i've looked around and there doesn't appear to be historic versions under any other license they are actively denying requests for the source code which when the gpl requires for them to make it available i was also sent similar via dm by someone else who requested the source um i was told before that arcade one up had cleaned up their act they had previously been caught using non-commercial versions of MAME in their products, but based on this, it seems it's not the case. Based on what has been said, this is nothing more than another bootleg product claiming to be fully licensed. Interesting development, and by the way, thank you 13X Forever who posted that in our Discord, but interesting development that came up since that was posted, actually, um, within the last couple of days, Arcade One Up, if you go to their GitHub over at github.com slash Arcade One Up, they have posted the source. So calling them out, actually, 
they were in the position where, oops, I guess they were. So I guess it is an admission. Yes, we were using the duck station, which I'm sure it wasn't too hard to figure it out. And um, they posted the source code. So here's the... completely fair dragging of arcade one up. And, you know, obviously that was a little shady what they did and so forth. And a a lot of people, you know, I I've been read sometimes for buying these things because it's like, why don't you, why don't you mod these things? You could get more games in him. Or why do you not get the real cabinet or anything like that? And it's like, yeah, I, I well number one, the real cabinets are a bitch to get upstairs. And that's where my games are. I'm moving a pinball. Yeah. It's uh, these work a lot better upstairs. Let's let's put that uh, or downstairs in the case of Black Wolf Manor. Uh, <laughs> these games get up and downstairs a lot easier. But also, B, I, I, I realize they're not the real thing. They're collectibles, especially this Burger Time machine is limited edition to 3000. It is a collectible. I I like the aesthetic. I think these Tron, especially the Tron one with the built-in black lights, like it looks really cool. I realize it's not the real thing with the real CRT television, all that. But you know what? When those machines break, they are a fucking beast to repair because no one makes CRT televisions anymore. So I find these things as a kind of a happy kind of medium for um, collecting and so forth. So, but I want them to follow all the rules. Like I don't, I, I understand that a lot of this stuff is going to be emulated in this day and age. But emulations come a long way from the days of, you know, the earliest MAME, MAME stuff and all that stuff is like, you know, this is when I play this Tron machine, I feel like I'm playing the old arcade game, save for the joystick is a little less durable than what you'd see in the real arcade machine. But other than that, the game itself, I feel like I'm playing the real game and it's a lot of fun. I still want the Marvel pinball from arcade one up. Uh even though it's a digital pinball, I still think it would be funny. It's still cool. So um, Bobby Blackwolf says, uh, in the case of Blackwolf Manor, there's no stairs. We take them around the house and the basement door that's, oh, that's right. I forgot you have a, a back a backyard door. That's right. That's how you got the pinball machines in there, of course. All right. Uh, Dijerama S says, you could get an arcade mini cab with tons of arcade games in it, but that's bootleg AF. And Rama, uh, I'm going to real rough, really rough, ruffle feathers with this comment, but that's my opinion. Most of those cabinets look bootleg as fuck. That's why I like these. These, to me, especially this Tron one, is incredibly faithful to the original. About as close as you can get when it's three quarters of the of the size of the old one. You know, a lot of those other machines, they look like bootleg arcade machines to me. That's not to say I'll never get one. Again, I keep pointing out, I have a nice open available space still. Um, and you know what's funny? Alan and I have even talked about like, you know, we don't really use the kitchen table. And if we got rid of the kitchen table, we'd have more space downstairs. <laughs> Rob. What? Tell me if you remember we had the dining room table uh-huh. in my house. Uh-huh. Do you know what's been since put away in favor of pinball tables? The dining room table. The dining room table. Yeah. We have we have a smaller kitchen table. And even that's a gaming table. It's a bumper pool underneath it. But like 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 but your house is you and Dan, my house, me and Alan. How often do we sit down at the dinner table and have dinner with our significant other to talk about? That doesn't we, happen. We do. Well, sometimes we might go out to eat and do that or something, or we might both sit in the living room and chat. We don't like sit at the dinner table. How how do you do it? You you got rid of your dinner table. You can't do it. Oh, no, we 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 have the we have the kitchen table. Oh yeah, you have your little the one that's the got kitchen. the bumper pool in it. Yeah, I remember eating pizza there once. 
Yeah, and so we have we have people over and we eat at the table, you know. Mm-hmm. But like we were even talking about like I I kind of want to you know put that somewhere else and get like a one of those little folding leaf tables mm-hmm. that you could just unfold the one side and then have like a little nook area and then have the rest of the kitchen open. I liked our very first house, the house I grew up in. We had a instead of a kitchen table, we had a actual like restaurant booth. We had a like a a booth. I liked that. The one thing I don't like about those, I just just saying, is that if someone in the middle has to get up and pee, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, and then they're kind of a pain to clean. All right. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, following up on something from last week, right, Dark Soccer? Yep. This makes me actually kind of upset <laughs> because. Bubba is still in Dead by Daylight. That code piece was put in the PTB to catch the leaker. Oh, um, wow. Well, there I go with my Jennifer Coolidge again. I didn't know that that's what it was. Oh, I just, I just, okay. I agree, let let Fanara. Boo! <laughs> it's... You still see Steve, Nancy, and Demo. You would have seen Bubba. You'd never truly be rid of Bubba. Well, but, yeah, that was that was the theory is that they would just leave him in, but no one could buy him again. Yeah. Like even I was talking when I was playing with Raven early this morning. You know, she was even like, I was gonna wait for I didn't I don't have Bubba yet. I was gonna wait for him to go on sale before they got rid of him, and now they're not getting rid of him. Um, but yeah, uh, it was actually posted um on uh. The Dead by Daylight Twitter, Dead by Behavior, BHVR. Um, yeah, he's not going anywhere with a picture. Um, and of course, uh, that picture being here, I'll actually just link the tweet with the photo. Um, at least for those in chat, other people, you'll have to look for it. Sorry. It's basically Dwight on a, uh, Elf Dwight on a hook with a Bubba in the background. Ready to go. Because face camping bubba's um but yeah um they said nope he's still got business to take care of in the entity's realm we'll let you know if a licensed character ever needs to leave us um but this was you know when they did the confirmation with leaks by daylight they they actually said that that they were i mean they've been very accurate over so many things like outfits and whatnot and collaborations well, and the person that runs it apparently said that they were just going to stop posting content leaks. Like, just basically stick with, like, the wardrobe stuff or whatever. And I'm like, let's just knock it off. Um, but this this is uh, a uh, an attempt to try to catch some of the people who were leaking. But in this case, I mean, it was actually just PTB data mining. Um, but, um, there was another thing on here from Reddit, um, where they said that they had, uh, they, they, they said that they, uh, gave a comment to a few of the different people they suspected of leaking, uh, that basically this was set up like, like one of those canary traps. Hmm. You know, put the false information out there, find who leaked it. Interesting. Um, so, and then, um, 
Yeah, I mean, and, and but there's one person who said seems like this is the end of this trip from MGA nine six seven eight on a Reddit discussion. Um, but I mean, I do kind of agree with what another Reddit user said, uh, and I'll quote: "If this brings back some of the excitement and mystery around uh, chapter teasers again, then it's not all bad." Um, but I mean. I kind I like I I like seeing this. It makes me more excited for it when I get to see the preview of it. You know. Yeah. Um. I I like those things. Although I did kind of liked when um when they were teasing uh uh the hell priest Cenobite that they put up the footage in the um in uh, on the TV. And for anyone who's seen Hellraiser, they know that that's what ha- the precursor to um, the Hellpriest showing up. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, pe- or when they did the artist, we were all like, like some of us knew right away, oh, that's going to be something having to do with like artwork or something. And, you know, and even going back to like naming certain artists who had done this kind of work, it was. I liked I liked when we had those kind of teasers and guesswork and to see who was right and who wasn't and you know building up that excitement for it. But I also did like every so often having someone vindicate it, or not vindicate it, but confirm it for me a little early. You yeah. know, I, I don't think the leaks but, ever really like hurt anyone or the game. Like you know, the design does that plenty. It, um, but it broke my heart because I want Bubba gone. <laughs> So people won't stop playing face camping asshole Bubba's. He was never going to get fully removed. They're they're not going to be able to take it from people that already bought it. Like that would be challenging. I still think that they need to implement my idea, patent pending, of um, having it like, like for camping killers, having them be pushed out of the area or giving a longer endurance boost, not just to the hooked, but to the unhooker. I agree. The hook timer and the the post hook endurance timer should be based off of the proximity of the killer and how long they stood. Like if if the killer stands right next to the hook, it should basically build the hook time. The longer the killer is standing there, I will say, however, that that has won many a, a match for people who have been hooked near the exit gates. Hmm. All right. Uh, let's move on. I agree with Gwen. The hook timer should stop if the killer is not out of the area. No, I agree. All right, let's move on. Let's, uh, talk about some more, uh, I guess follow-ups, because I feel like we were talking about this company yeah. the other week, but Loki? Yeah, we were talking about cancellations by Ubisoft last week in some unknown games and stuff. One of these, of course, was apparently an online hero battler called Project Q. It was one of those three games that got, uh, canceled, the one we talked about that last week. Uh, because they have haven't been having a uh, successful year apparently, um, and then confirmed that yes, Project Q development team was being reassigned to other endeavors and projects within the studio, and I guess it was a PvP shooter first announced in April 2022. I don't remember anything about it, so neat. Um, and then of course they still insist that Beyond Good and Evil. Is- Two is still in development. Duke Nukem Forever all over again. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wonder I'm, how many I'm times. I'm sure it will be great when it comes out. I'm, I'm sure. Just I wonder how many times it stopped and started development. 
in that too. Started over, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's that you had know to what? have happened at least once because they when they started developing that game, they were probably developing it developing it for the PS3. I think it's been like 15 years. It's now been a or long something. time. Yeah, 15 years. So I I really don't care at this point. Just like either release or don't. Like I I don't care. Just I don't need to be told that it's still in development. Like or just tell me you canceled it and restarted it. You know. Yeah, just say, it's hey, we just started development on because we had to cancel development because, uh, yeah, whatever. Well, something else that was canceled before it ever started was Walu Peach. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it was, uh, I guess, uh, Walu Peach was a character that had been pitched uh, and in a tweet, let's see, it was an interview with Shugo Takahashi uh, about the creation of Waluigi uh, and talking about, you know, what was going on with the creation of that. But apparently uh, Nintendo was open to other ideas and they the team tried to pitch Walu Peach for the next game. But Miyamoto said no, <laughs> vetoed it even before seeing the design, which I can only imagine what the design for Walu Peach would have looked like. But Miyamoto said I know it's going to be just like Doronjo, so don't bother. Uh, Doronjo, and I'm probably saying this, Doronjo, uh, is an anime villain from Yatterman. Uh, and so... Oh, I love Yatterman. That's yeah. a Tatsunoko one. Yeah, so Miyamoto was like, no, not even, don't even want to see it. Stop. So, what could have I been? Mean, what could have been? I, I, Doronjo looks pretty awesome. Might be a little too spicy for Nintendo, though. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to, if we're going to talk about classic games, I think now's a good time to bring in our next segment. So let's get to it. And now it's time to travel back to a simpler time where I'll dive into the vault and pull out a classic and tell you about it. It's time for the classic game of the week. And what did you pick for us tonight, Dark Sakura? The game I am streaming on Saturday night, Star Ocean. As in the original Star Ocean. that came out in 1996 um, on the Super Famicom. It was developed by Tri-Ace and published by Enix. Yes, that Enix. It is the very first of those games. It was released July 1996 and was the first game developed by Tri-Ace that was uh, mostly made up of staff that had left Wolf Team being unhappy with the development for Tales of Fantasia with Namco in 1995. It uses a special compression chip to compress and store all of the game's data um, because the graphics in it really pushed the limits of the Super Famicom. Um, the game also had voice acting for the game's intro and voice clips that played throughout battle gameplay. Um, and it, I, I, it's a really complicated story so far, but it has these three friends who experience a new disease and they come into contact with, uh, with people from a spacefaring federation. Like it almost sounds like Star Trek. Okay. Um, and they find a time travel device that lets them go back in time to try to find the cure for their planet. Um, it, it's, it's, it, it was never released, like, just outside 
only only in uh, Japan because the American branch closed shortly before the game was finished. And then they were also doing a little bit more focusing on Nintendo 64 stuff. But the game was actually remade by Tosei for uh, the PSP as Star Ocean First Departure. And uh, it was released in North America, Europe, and Australia October 2008. And then there's a remastered, which is Star Ocean First Departure R for the Switch and PlayStation 4 that came out in December of 2019. And it was the start of the entire Star Star Ocean series, which is six games, three spin-offs, a remake, a remaster, and a manga. Um, but going back to the original Star Ocean, it is a top-down RPG. I'm not seeing anything on the window. Oh, there it is. Okay. It's a top-down RPG. Um, and you you walk around your party as you know, compressed into one person, interacting with players. Um and then you have like when you're in battle, you're it's it's sort of like Secret of Mana this way, where you do have a dedicated like battle screen and you can control one character and the other to have tactics for how they fight. Um and uh you don't really have like a world map, you have like a mini map sort of thing, but it's still not much help. Um, but you can recruit up to eight additional characters to go with you. Some happen automatically. Some depend on actions that you did in the past. Um, but there are up to ten characters that are able to be recruited, even though you can only recruit eight. So it does allow some replayability. And it has something, you know, and it does contribute to the way the story uh, plays out. Um, so uh, at any rate... Um, the combat is that 3D isometric view, um, but like I said, you you have battle strategies that your others use, um, you know, that are basically AI characters, and then you have your own thing. Um, you can get special points uh, called SP from battle, and they're used to customize your abilities. So, for example, you could give SP to cooking, and then you can make food out of just raw material that you'll find. Um, you can have people who can create weapons, um, upgrade items, um, and then individuals can have uh, up to 20 items. There's also private actions, which I think are cool. So, like, like for example, in, I'm, I'm still right at the start, but there's a part when you first go into the past and your, your team of four is separated... And so you have the, the main guy and then the Iria, who is, like, uh, the second-in-command on the spaceship. And she's wearing very futuristic clothes that don't fit the planet, so the main guy has to go and find clothes for her. So they actually have one of these private actions right at the beginning where they discuss, like, do you want to risk me going in or do you want me to just stay here? And, you know, I said stay here while I look around. But then... Uh, his name is Radix, by the way, R-A-T-I-X. Um, and then there's other things that you can go on with, like, for example, when you're looking for the clothes, you can choose to steal them off of a clothesline, or you can go into the house and ask a lady if she has extra clothes for a woman, you know? And even then, it's like, make up a story, tell the truth, or, you know, you've got all these different, like, yes-no actions. 
Um, and then, you know, you build up affinity with the other uh, party members um, so that, you know, for example, how well you treat them determines how close you are with them. And it affects the game. I mean, we're talking like Bioware levels of of character interaction in an SNE, in a Super Famicom game. So this game was really ahead of its time. It really, really was. Um, and I don't know why it took me so long to finally play it, but I'm I'm absolutely adoring this game. It is, and the music is so good. It's so good. And it's so pretty. Look how pretty this game is. Well, the podcast and, listeners can't see it, but the, you well, you can always look it up <laughs> or ch- check out one of Dark Soccer's streams. Well, and the the uh, music for Star Ocean and then the first Departure uh, remake were done by um, Sakuraba Matoi. Um, the music is on an album that was released uh, November first, nineteen ninety six, by Sony Records called Star Ocean Perfect Sound Collection. Um, and even some of the, the music that was released with it is sort of like a prog rock style. So I'm kind of down for it and I absolutely want to, um, get it. In fact, the first departure remake had a song called heart that was performed by a music group called, um, Asunado. And, uh, it played with the opening credits on, on that version. Um, and then there was a, a different song on First Departure R called um, uh, Atarashi Ippo, which means the first step, by um, Yaichi Keiko um, of uh, Shadow of Lathendor. Um, at any rate, the game sold uh, approximately 235,000 copies in Japan, um, which is just over uh, the 175,000 copies that were just sold in 1996. Um, it was considered one of the best-looking Super Nintendo games ever made, and that it it still holds up today. Which I agree, it does hold up. Um, Famitsu gave the game a thirty-one out of forty. Um, uh, for game rankings, it uh, on the SNES one had uh, a ninety-three percent, PSP had seventy-seven percent. Um, yeah, the English version really just got kind of good but not great reviews um but it was considered one of the best remakes of a squenix game ever of course it was released under squenix at that time um but it's the game itself is so solid and it's i i've had so much fun with it just in the three hours that i've played it that i i'm looking forward to playing it every every week for you guys so that that's it. It's it's Star Ocean, published by Enix, created by Triace. All right, great pick. Uh, one that I need to spend. I I think I've barely touched this game, so this is one I feel like I need to revisit too. But that's it. Star Ocean, the classic game of the week. Great pick. All right, and, and like I said, super fun. Yeah, and a very long game too. If this let's play is any indication, it's in like twenty four parts. So uh, gonna, yeah, it's gonna put well, some hours into that. It, it's it's a lot more dynamic and complex than I thought it was going in. Yeah. yeah. So I'm already engaged with it. Nice. Uh, some comments in chat over at uh, twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. Uh, Mishkin says, I still need to get Star Ocean R. 
Uh, Mike Def says, I still remember the twist in SO3 with the eyes emoji. Not going to say what it is right now. Uh, Questbuster says, one of the things I appreciated about Tri-Ace was how fun their combat systems were in their games, like their Star Ocean games to Valkyrie Profile. All right, let's uh, cover some other headlines uh, rapidly in some rapid fire news. Loki. Yeah, so apparently uh, Bruce Stanley, a former Naughty Dog employee, is unhappy that he is not credited in the new HBO show for The Last of Us since he was the game director behind the game on PlayStation 3. Um, He was also credited, though, like they had a whole special um, thanks for him in the Last of Us Part 1 remake, um, but no mention of him on the show. He did leave Naughty Dog in 2017, though. Um, but it feels, you know, he should have been credited. Probably should have been credited. I heard the show's really good, though. I mean, I guess I, I, sh- I shouldn't remind people thing. it's on Sunday nights or whatever. I, it's all on demand now. Most people are watching. On demand. You can match, watch yeah. it whenever you want. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I've heard it's really good. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, more game announcements for PlayStation VR 2. Um, these are going to be some updates for already existing games, including Res Infinite is going to be coming um, on February 22nd. That's pretty awesome. Um, and then I saw something about... Um, now, I don't know like if it's necessarily like going to be a really cool feature or not, because maybe they have all the eye tracking stuff. But for Tetris Effect, though... I saw that you can actually use your eyes to control when you go into that focus mode or whatever, which I thought was kind of interesting. Like if you blink for like two seconds or something like that, it's supposed to like trigger it or something. Neat. Sounds um, gimmicky to me, but cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's gonna be uh, ported over. And I think if you had the original. Then yeah, players who own the original PlayStation 4 edition will be able to upgrade it for uh ten dollars. Oh, they're so. not even giving it to you? No, it's Sony. Gotta have that money Come money. Come on. Uh, uh this is this is this is why I said what I said a couple weeks ago. I don't think the VR2 is set up for success, but you know, and I look, I love Res. I love Tetris Effect. They're great games. We already played them. Like these are not these are not tentpole this, titles that are going to move hundreds of thousands gonna, of VR2s. Well, this is in 4K now at 60 FPS. I don't remember what the last one was in. If that was also 4K at 60 FPS, but uh, this one's going to be in 4K at 60 FPS, and um, they have both 5.1 and 7.1 surround sound audio options. Pretty sure that was in the last one though. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't like to see that, but. Uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, some comments yeah. from chat. Bobby Blackwolf says these are the indie devs that are having you pay for the upgrade. GT Seven is a free upgrade to PSVR Two. I wouldn't necessarily blame Sony for it. Hmm. I just you know again, I'm not exactly in a rush to get a VR Two. And again, I love those games, but I can play them on hardware I already have. And honestly, neither one of those games are that. I I get the Tetris Effect is great in VR, but it's not. It's not such a colossal step down to play on a a, a regular traditional screen either for me. Like Res is pretty fun fine. though. I do like Res. It is, but again, I think Re- and also I'm like, okay, look, I love Res. I look, I'm a huge Mizuguchi stand. I love everything that guy's made. I even love 99 Night. Well, I liked it a lot. <laughs> 99 Nights. Okay, like, but I'm just like, Res has been released how many times? 
why it is was really, why yeah. was res area x not its own game and considering that the 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 graphics in res like considering what the style of the graphics in res are is really there going to be a difference between 1080 and 4k like is it gonna really make that much of a difference area x I might but it's so. not yeah it's not going to be the end all be all no so uh and then uh, you know i'm just like what what could we get some love for child of eden which you know has kind of been overlooked over the years uh you know which was the connect game on 360 but has never really seen a revival like res has or just i just i don't understand res area x was very very clearly the prototype for a res part two or some type of sequel to res where's that that's what they should have released that that's for yeah, that's you want to get my fucking attention release that for the vr2 but i you know i understand i see the comments in chat res isn't necessarily exclusive to playstation either i but if sony would be willing to toss them a little money to make it exclusive for or at least give it that release window or whatever you want to call yeah, it i mean they're looking to purchase companies why can't they throw a little money for an exclusive deal i mean they're already doing it with spider-man and stuff i mean so well spider-man's also somewhat in-house with sony but that's another uh, that's the licensing thing all yes, right all right let's get to dark soccer story um so uh deadpool himself has come forward saying that uh there's going to be deadpool in marvel's midnight suns and i can't get over this adorable witch hat that he's wearing um it just says stay tuned for more details. Um, we might have more. I think that that's awesome, but I'm absolutely zero surprised that Deadpool is joining the, the roster. Yeah. That'll be fine. I just, I just got Wolverine though. Well, <laughs> not yet, but I, we, we ran into him. Yeah. All right. Um, before I get to my story, let me get to another comment from chat over twitch.tv slash VOG network. Mike Def says, you know what Mizuguchi game needs to come back? Uh, and that is Meteos. Uh, granted, that was with Sakurai, but still, I loved Meteos. I'm going to be honest, though. Meteos had an Xbox 360 arcade release. It doesn't work quite as well on controller. Like, it's it's doable, but there's something about the touchscreen. And I'm not, I'm not sure they could do Meteos on a system besides the DS. I mean, I know the Switch has a touchscreen, so maybe that they could do something where you could play with controller or on the touchscreen. But... I I feel like I don't know if Meteos fits into any current system. I mobile. guess maybe the Switch. Honestly, I'd try a mobile version. I I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think it's a game that could work very well. But yeah, I loved Meteos. That game was so cool. So we'll see. Uh, Dr. Sia says, wasn't that the one that had the E3 demo? Yes, it was. You could like download. I, I remember downloading the demo from the Wi Fi station and like <laughs> keeping it on the DS for like two weeks until it accidentally ran out of better battery or something like that. It was pretty rad. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, let's see. I have a quick story, too, and that has to do with uh, Quirtle. Uh, Jason was referring to this a little bit in the intro tonight, but, you know, there's all these Wordle qu- clones, right? So some of them have you do multiple words at once. I guess, I think Jason name-checked one that was like 32 words at once. Quirtle, I think, was one of the first of these because it was four words at once. Well, as we know, Wordle ended up getting acquired by the New York Times some time ago, Quartal has now found a new owner, and it's not the New York Times. It's Merriam-Webster. Yeah, like the dictionary. So if you actually go to Quartal.com, which is Q-U-O-R-D-L-E.com, it actually goes to – a it's a redirect. Basically, it redirects you to Merriam-Webster.com slash game slash So kind of interesting, huh? 
Uh, so uh, the creator, Freddie Meyer, sent in a message on the game's help tab. I'm delighted to announce that Quartal was acquired by Miriam Webster. I can't think of a better home for this game. Lots of new features and fun to come, so stay tuned. So, interesting. Nine guesses or fewer to find out four five-letter words at once. It's like playing Wordle uh, four times all at once. But it's I, I like the multi-word ones. It's kind of fun. So uh, Bobby Blackwell says, I play set a uh, which is 16 words at once and 21 tries that that's the most I've done. The most words I've done was in that one. Uh, Dijirama S uh, referring to the last story says, what's the other puzzle game that came out for PSP? I think it was also by Q entertainment, every extend extra. And then there was the Xbox 360 title, every St- extend extra extreme. Uh, and those, those games were a lot of fun as well. Yeah. I like, uh, God, I had one game of every extent extra extreme going for like over an hour once. I mean, it's not a particularly difficult game, but yeah. SSU 100 Matt on the uh, Wordle topic says thoughts on the game show lingo with RuPaul. <laughs> Haven't seen it. I didn't realize it. I knew it was coming, but did it debut yet? I didn't know it debuted yet. Yes. Lingo is a reboot, but I will say, um, uh, RuPaul is a huge step up from the former host on the game show network, which was Chuck Woolery. Uh, and then, um, I'm not sure. I think the original version goes all the way back to maybe the seventies. I don't remember who hosted the original, original Lego, but, um, game show network had a revival in the, um, nineties. Okay. It's on Paramount plus makes sense. I'm curious. I'll, I'll check it out. I like, um, I, I like seeing RuPaul do things that are not just drag race. So, um, I think a game show host is a great place for RuPaul to be. So, uh, I'll check it out. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some things you can check out a little sooner as we travel around the world and check out some release dates. How about in the U.S., Loki? Well, this week we have Forspoken on PC and PlayStation 5. Um, Hyperdimension Neptunia Sister versus Sisters, or Sisters versus Sisters. That's on PC, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5. Uh, Risen on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Disgaea 7 on uh, the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5. Pizza Tower on PC. Story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life on Nintendo Switch. Summertime Rendering, Another Horizon on Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4. Uh, We've got Wonder Boy Anniversary Collection on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5. Alice Escaped on PC and Nintendo Switch. Atone Heart of the Elder Tree on PC, Nintendo Switch, and PlayStation 4. And the remake of Dead Space on PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series. Mm. That's it. All right. Traveling to Japan, a lot of uh, similar stuff as well. I'm sure Disgaea 7 on the Switch is going to be a very big release this week. It uh, sounds like around the world because we're getting it in the U.S. too. But it's also on Japan this week on the Switch. Also, Summertime Rendering, Another Horizon out on, in Japan this week on the Switch. Story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life. Ayuden Chronicle Rising. Please note that is not the full Ayuden Chronicles game. This is another one of those like prequel games or whatever the the games that lead up to iodin chronicles uh i'm not sure what type of game this is i was trying to guess from the screenshots if it's like an rpg as well if it's more like action oriented looks like it might be a little more action uh in this so that is out in japan this week is this the one we are actually did we already have this here i think we did wasn't this out on xbox here no someone in shadow uh iodin chronicle rising Mm, i don't know thank you 
Rama says it's a, a 2D side scroller action RPG. It's on Game Pass. Okay, thank you. So it's out on the Switch in Japan. This so it just sometimes things are a little delayed while they get localized. All right, so it's not a different one. It's the same one we already had here a few months ago. Got it. Uh, summertime rendering, another Horizon, also out on the Switch. Haru Kiss in a regular and limited edition, and Dora Think the Thrilling Brain Adventures of Nobita. That's right. That is also out this week. And that is with Doraemon. That is uh, another Doraemon game. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be like an education game because it's called Think. Um, maybe, but it looks cute, especially if you like Doraemon. Uh, let's look at the PlayStation 5 real quick. A lot of the same stuff, such as Disgaea 7, Summertime Rendering Another Horizon, Aiden Chronicle Rising. Sto- I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong list. How did that happen? Let's try that again. Uh, in Japan, we do have Aiden Chronicle Rising. Uh, and Goat Simulator 3, Disgaea 7, is out on the PlayStation 5 this week. Uh, the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, the multi-language uh, souped-up edition, that is out as well. And Forspoken on the 24th, a little bit early, but I'm sure that is because that looks like that's going to be a worldwide release uh, this week. This is a pretty big week for games. What's Europe look like, Dark Sakura? Like my unmute button. Um... <laughs> Not, not, not really su- super huge. Um, what we have is on the twenty fourth, we have Forspoken for PlayStation, Risen for PlayStation and Switch. PlayStation has World War Z Aftermath. Twenty um, sixth has Oddballers on Switch. Also, The Witcher Three Wild Hunt for PlayStation and Xbox. Dead Space on the twenty seventh, and that's what came up. All right. Pretty pretty big week for games. Good way to um, you know kick off the year since we're still in January. I can still say we're kicking off the year. Uh, let's do a few more stories, and then we'll get to your comments and calls and all that good stuff in our listener roundtable. But first, Loki. Yeah, so the question is, what happens to all of those Stadia-exclusive games that were out there? Well, we have an answer at least for one of those. So there's a game called Gunsport, which was, I guess, a 2D uh, volleyball type game that was a stadium. Because when I think of volleyball, I think of guns. Well, it's a sci-fi volleyball game. So uh, by Necrosoft. And they then later on ended up releasing, at least last year, a sequel, which is Hyper Gunsport. And that's been available on multiple platforms, but one of those being Steam. So what they've decided to do since uh, Stadia is shutting down, they made their um, exclusive game Gunsport. Um, they allowed you to actually be able to play it through Hyper Gunsport. So if you access the beta channel through Hyper Gunsport, you will have a ver- you'll be able to access a version of Gunsport, um, an offline version that is being made available through that. So that's cool that you'll be able to do that. And they said it's because of um, they care about game preservation, so they went ahead and made a version of that available. Pretty cool. Nice. Actually, that does remind me to ask our resident um, Stadia Power user, uh, Dark Sakura, how, how <laughs> who, who just made the biggest womp face, how, how was the final day <laughs> of Stadia? How was the final day? I decided not to play. Really? I made my break already. I wasn't going to watch the ship sink. That was the night I was playing with you, wasn't it? Was the last. Uh, it was. Yeah, because I, I said something well, like, oh, no, sure. there, it was that was the day before the last. Oh, but at the same time, I was just like, you know, I I can't I, I don't I, I I made my break. 
And on top of that, I didn't want to play any Dead by Daylight and get, like, something that would have been an achievement just to have to do it again. That would have been a little salt, yeah. So I was just like, you know, I I, I made my break. I'm done. I'm good. Okay, fair, fair. You know, I saw uh, on a... But, so- oh. but my stream title was R.I.P. Stadia. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do... Since I know you're on GeForce now, now, because I know you tried... What was it? Bloober or whatever. Boosteroid. Boosteroid. <laughs> Bloober is a team that makes video games like Silent Hill 2 remakes. Um, Boosteroid over, uh, was overseas. So I know you were having some lag trouble with that. So you, you kind of are on GeForce now. Reliable. I th- I saw an interesting headline about that though, that um, I don't know if it was Bungie or somebody was helping out Destiny 2 players on Stadia with like a free month of GeForce to try to transition them over to that platform. So this could be Google's loss could be Nvidia's gain at the end of the day. It seems like could be interesting. Well, especially if you know Boosteroid has you know doesn't up their game and get ready for you know an overseas uh, group, then mm-hmm. they're going to be SOL. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that that Bungie didn't go to Microsoft with this because we know Xbox has a cloud and it can play Destiny too. So I was just I was a little surprised that they didn't go there but maybe nvidia was really eager to cut the deal because i'm sure when nvidia saw that stadia was going to hell, hell there's probably a lot of people like you jamie that are now checking out nvidia so nvidia seeing dollar signs <laughs> where where uh stadia you know has has left our world so interesting all right say la vie yeah all right. Uh, Zen Monkey 11 in chat says offline version. I'm sold. Yeah, that is nice for the, um, you know, exclusive games to get, you know, I'm, I imagine those exclusive agreements are now null and void with the sunsetting of Stadia. So I'm kind of glad that they, uh, well, maybe they're not. Maybe that's why they had to kind of do this a tricky way and embed it within an existing game. Maybe they wanted to steer clear of any potential uh, legal issues there. So hmm. anyway. All right. Uh, moving on. Dark Sakura. Me, well, um, there is uh, some uh, information about uh, Suicide Squad game uh, coming out where they're saying that there is going to be um, some uh, a battle pass to for cosmetics and whatnot. Um, not a lot of information about it, but the currencies that were shown in a leaked image are experience that's used to power up and customize your skill trees. So they're all unique for each player. Um, VGC was told that you start off really good and can get ridiculous. So it's uh, it's open world. It's suicide- The game is Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, by the way. Um, and it's from the people that did the Arkham Asylum series. So, I don't know. It looks fun. I don't, I mean, I guess Battle Pass stuff is okay. I'm kind of already doing it. Uh, Fifth Dream in chat with an ominous prediction, though, saying, oh, Avengers again. We saw where that went. So, hmm. Hopefully they play this a little smarter. <laughs> Single player games don't need a Battle Pass saying all right um moving on loki how about another Uh, game with a battle pass (laughs) at least this is an online at least it's free to play now it's free to play now so it's free to play so yes um 
some of the pro Overwatch teams are apparently look seeking legal um help to sue um Activision Blizzard over the losses that they're making from um you know not being able to participate in these Overwatch leagues. So uh apparently there's a majority of the Overwatch league, uh, league teams are working with a British law firm for a collective bargaining process against the event organizers after years of high operating costs and continually missing promises on revenue. So um, they're saying that they're seeking uh, somewhere between 7.5 and 10 million in franchise payouts. So... That's a lot of money. I guess we'll have to wait and see if they actually um, end up suing or not. Well, I'm sure there'll be big news if they end up doing that. Yeah, that would be huge. But I does Over, Overwatch League like doesn't have a broadcast partner right now. And, you know, this is the time when like right. the, the fire is supposed to be hot with Overwatch, with Overwatch 2 and everything. It's just like this is, you know, a lot of people really invested a lot to make Overwatch League happen. So it's um, this is this could be. I don't know. This doesn't bode well. I hope uh, I hope Activision is able to figure this out. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not bode well. Uh, Phil of Nine in chat says Overwatch might just be over. Well, I mean the Overwatch League, uh, which would be hugely detrimental to the industry. There's a lot of people involved in the Overwatch League. A lot, you know. It's like a sports league. It's an entire sports league going under. If that, I'm not, you know, maybe I'm. I'm I, I don't mean to be too. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't mean to blow up the issue too much, but it's, it is an issue, you know, to, to the longevity of the, the, the league. I think the game itself is fine. I think enough people are playing it, but you know, I'm also not Activision Blizzard. So <sighs> anyway, last story for tonight. This one is uh, interesting, but it's, uh, it talks about a little bit of a Popeye crossover in Donkey Kong. It's not quite what you think. But it's a little piece of Nintendo history because apparently in the original design documents for the Donkey Kong game, when we can actually see what some of those look like this week, we actually see Popeye in some of the design documents for this. So um, uh, Nintendo was going to use the Popeye license for basically what ended up being Donkey Kong because Donkey Kong would have been uh, Bluto, uh, Jumpman, or Mario would have been Popeye, you know, and so forth, uh, and Olive Oil instead of Pauline, you know where I'm going with this, but then, obviously, it all became Donkey Kong. So even though, you know, uh, they didn't get to use Popeye for this, this is weird, though, because Nintendo did end up making a Popeye game, but I think they were... Maybe they got the license later or something, or maybe because of the success of Donkey Kong, because I distinctly remember there being a Nintendo, at least in the arcades anyway, published game that I think then trickled down to all the home systems, because I know I had it on Commodore 64, and it was on Atari. And all the it was an early Nintendo release, too, so it might have been the success of Donkey Kong that led to this. But yeah, originally, if you didn't know, Donkey Kong was designed with Popeye in mind, and these design documents prove it. So that's all. Just a cute little, isn't that interesting sort of thing. And piece of gaming history in that. So there you go. All right. DJ Rama S says the Popeye game was a port that they published, but they did the arcade version, didn't they? I thought that was. Now I have to look it up because this is going to bother me if I don't. Yeah. Popeye was a 1982 platform game developed and released by Nintendo. 
Um, and then the game was licensed by Atari for the UK and Ireland, and Nintendo ported it to the Famicom while Parker Brothers did all the others. And Parker Brothers was huge in video games and, and porting to everything uh, back in the day. So yeah, that was, an, and it was by Nintendo R&D 1. So um, uh, Miyamoto actually was part of the design for this. The Popeye characters were originally slated for Donkey Kong, but Nintendo was unable to license the characters at the time. So basically it was, no, you're fine, Rama. I'm glad we're, we're doing a research and, and getting this all together. So I guess you could say because of the success of Donkey Kong or maybe just a timing thing, they were able to get Popeye and do a different game with that, which was fine. I thought the Popeye game was fine for its day. Uh, you know, the different types of levels. There actually, there's a, there's a lot of interesting parallels to Donkey Kong, actually, um, in the early Popeye games. So pretty neat all right uh let's go to the listener roundtable we invite your feedback every week on the show via our mailbag uh through discord if you want to join our green room over at uh vognetwork.com slash discord and of course our chat room if you have any random questions you'd like to ask us in chat because we haven't had enough tangents tonight twitch.tv slash network. i don't think i saw emails but let me check with uh, dark sakura i didn't think so if you want to change this very disturbing trend i don't think we've had an email in like six weeks We'll just blame the holidays. Participate at orangelaunchradio.com is the place to send an email if you would like. So uh, while I wait and see if anybody in chat wants to ask a question or join us on Discord, let me hop over to Loki and see if there's any last-minute stories. Well, there is something I wanted to talk about. It is a brand-new DLC coming out for um, Power Wash Simulator. So on the 31st of this month, they're going to have a uh, crossover with Tomb Raider. And you'll you'll be able to wash the Lara Croft mansion. It's gonna be huge. <laughs> oh God, that's that's pretty awesome though. I like that. Yeah, I for, I did play a little that. Power Wash Simulator this week actually because uh, I I played the one on Steam and now I'm playing the Xbox One to get achievements. And plus, it's kind of like starting over too because like now the official release is out and everything. You know, when I was playing it before, it was still in beta. But Power Wash is still a very fun. Just chill. I'm just I'm just gonna wash these rocks. <laughs> Type of game. Yep. Uh, Fanara in chat says, "Will someone play Power Wash with me?" I. It sounds like I need to do a stream. Is it cross platform? Imagine Fanara has yes. it on stream. Is it cross platform? It is. It is cross. You oh, can perfect. do a cross platform mode, um, and then you can also do like a multiplayer. I think if you do like campaign, it's only two player co op, but. Outside of that, you can do more than that. I think oh, that's it's maybe fun. eight. Maybe we need to do a Vogue power washing night. <laughs> Good maybe. times. That'd be fun. Um, Bobby Blackwell says AGDQ did a six player stream. I didn't realize it went up to. I thought yeah, it went they, four. They did a. Um, they did one with. Uh, they did all the vehicles in the game. Mm. So that was pretty neat. Nice. All right. Anything else to share here in Last Minute Stories? Oh, that's all I had. That's it. All right. Well, I think we, believe it or not, have come to the end of the show. So thank you so much for your participation. I, it was a little, it's weird. We're in a, I mean, it's a big release week for games, but, um, you know, not a huge, huge story week. I think we still have a little ways to go before we start really getting the stories rolling in. I think a lot of the early parts of this year are probably going to be a ramp up to a lot of big releases this summer. It's going to be a very interesting summer and a very interesting 
E3. I mean, but I I realize E3 is back this year, supposedly. But that whole, you know, summertime is going to be very interesting. It's going to be a very interesting year this year. I'm excited to see what comes of it. All right. Well, um, that brings us towards the end of another show. I want to thank everybody for being here for another episode of Orange Lounge Radio. Thank you, as always, for your participation with the show. Thank you to the live folks, especially for your generosity tonight as you are listening live. I really, really appreciate all of you. Um, I really appreciate all of you that listen on the podcast feed as well. I know we have a lot of lurkers who've never said hi. Uh, I'm going to say hi to you anyway and say thank you for being here and listening to the show. Please feel free to drop us an email and let us know you're out there. Um, participate at orangelawntrader.com. Uh, you can also send us a tweet if you want at OLR, although I can't really be asked to check Twitter. But once in a while, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I should check the OLR Twitter. Literally once every other week, I'm like, oh, I guess I should check that. So uh, at some point, I'll see your message. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can also join us live on a Sunday night, all great ways. But if you enjoyed what you heard here at Orange Launch Radio, please tell a friend uh, or two or seven about the show. Help us spread the word because we are the show where every gamer has a voice, but we need more voices here to put out on air. A nice five-star review wherever you found this show, like iTunes, Spotify, wherever, uh, it all goes a very long way, and we appreciate those as well. With that all being said, I think we will get to final thoughts. Dark Sakura, I'm imagining, as usual, you will go play some Debbie Delight after the show. So um, let me get your final thought first. I finally have gotten back to work on my merch store, and I will be doing the same for uh, Orange Lounge. Yay, that'll be great, because I'd love to get some merch back out there uh, or for Vogue, too. But yeah, OLR yeah, are part more, of that. Yeah, and that, that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The universe. The universe. <laughs> I, I'm going to be ordering a sample of some stuff once I get more stuff pulled up and let y'all know what it's like. But yeah, cool. um, uh, if anyone wants to see what I've done so far, just ask me. Sounds great. Hey. All right. Have a good stream. Later, Tater. All right. Bye. Loki, that means we go to you. Your final thought for tonight. Uh, I hope this week is better than last week because work is stressful and I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Hope it gets better. Um, it's just you know, it's it's it, it's like what we talk about in the gaming industry. It's leadership and bad decisions that they make. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, and my final thought tonight. Ooh, I'm with Mike Deft. We're at least getting soon to Theatrhythm's release in a few weeks. That is exciting. That is some good news. That's some good news to end on tonight. So that's that's it. And just in the in general. I need to pick up some other games from my backlog and get to it already. But um, isn't that always the story, how it goes? But darn that real life for continuously getting in the way. But I'm always glad, as always, if nothing else, we set aside these times on Sunday night to hang out and do our thing. And uh, as we have for years and years, and I appreciate all of you for being a part of it. And we will see you next week here on Orange Lounge Radio in seven days. Have a good week, everybody. Good night. You've been listening to Orange Lounge Radio. Orange Lounge Radio is a production of OLR Studios. To join us for our live show, tune in to vognetwork.com Sunday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff of Orange Lounge Radio nor Vogue Network, but you know they were all still true. See you next week.